0: Section 19 of Bailed Hay by Bill Nye. This recording is in the public domain. Sad destruction. There came very near being a holocaust in this office on Monday. An absent-minded candidate for the legislator lit his cigar and gently threw the match in the waste basket. Shortly after that, we felt a grateful warmth stealing up our back and melting the rubber in our suspenders. THE FIRE WAS PROMPTLY PUT UNDER CONTROL BY OUR EDITORIAL FIRE DEPARTMENT. BUT THE BASKET IS NO LONGER FIT TO HOLD A LARGE WORD. THE IMMEDIATE REVOLVER Wyoming has recently been a great sufferer, mainly through the carrying of revolvers in the caboose of the overalls. There is no more need of carrying a revolver in Wyoming than there is of carrying an upright piano in the coattail pocket. Those who carry revolvers generally die by the revolver, and he who agitates the six-shooter, by the six-shooter shall his blood be shed. When a man carries a gun, he does so because he has said or done something for which he expects to be attacked. So it is safe to say that when a man goes about our peaceful streets, loaded, he has been doing some little trick or other. "'and has in advance prepared himself for a Smith & Wesson matinee. "'The other class of men who suffer from the revolver "'comprises the white-livered and effeminate parties "'who ought to be arrested for wearing men's clothes "'and who never shoot anybody except by accident. "'Fortunately, they sometimes shoot themselves, "'and then the fool-killer puts on his coat and rests half an hour.' We have been writing these things and obituaries alternately for several years, and yet there is no falling off in the mortality. For every man who is righteously slain, there are about a million law-abiding men, women, and children murdered. Eternity's parquet is filled with people who got there by the self cocking revolver route. A man works twenty years to become known as a scholar, a newspaper man, and a gentleman, while the illiterate murderer springs into immediate notoriety in a day, and the widow of his victim cannot even get her life insurance. These things are what make people misanthropic and tenacious of their belief in a hell. If revolvers could not be sold for less than five hundred dollars a piece, with a guarantee on the part of the Vendee, signed by Good Sureties, that he would support the widows and orphans, you would see more longevity lying around loose, and western cemeteries would cease to roll up such mighty majorities. THE SECRET OF HEALTH Health journals are now asserting that to maintain a sound constitution you should lie only on the right side the health journals may mean well enough but what are you going to do if you're editing a democratic paper household recipes to remove oils varnishes resins tar oyster soup currant jelly and other selections from the bill of fare use benzene soap and chloroform cautiously with whitewash brush and garden hose then hang on woodpile to remove the pungent effluvia of the benzene. To clean ceilings that have been smoked by kerosene lamps or the fragrance from fried salt pork, remove the ceiling, washed thoroughly with borax, turpentine, and rain water, then hang on the clothesline to dry. Afterward pulverize and spread over the pie-plant bed for spring wear. To remove starch and roughness from flat irons, Hold the iron on a large grindstone for twenty minutes or so, then wipe off carefully with a rag. To make this effective, the grindstone should be in motion while the iron is applied. Should the iron still stick to the goods when in use, spit on it. To soften water for household purposes, put in an ounce of quicklime in a certain quantity of water. If it is not sufficient, use less water, or more quicklime. SHOULD THE IMMEDIATE LIME CONTINUE TO REMAIN DELIBERATE, LAY THE WATER DOWN ON A STONE AND POUND IT WITH A BASEBALL CLUB. TO GIVE RELIEF TO A BURN, APPLY THE WHITE OF AN EGG. THE YOLK OF THE EGG MAY BE BEATEN OR PLACED ON THE SHIRT BOSOM, ACCORDING TO THE TASTE OF THE PERSON. IF THE BURN SHOULD OCCUR ON A LADY, SHE MAY OMIT THE LAST INSTRUCTION. To wash black silk stockings, prepare a tub of lather composed of tepid rainwater and white soap with a little ammonia, then stand in the tub till dinner is ready. Roll in a cloth to dry. Do not wring, but press the water out. This will necessitate the removal of the stockings. If your hands are badly chapped, wet them in warm water, rub them all over with Indian meal. then. Put on a coat of glycerin and keep them in your pockets for ten days. If you have no pockets convenient, insert them in the pocket of a friend. An excellent liniment for toothache or neuralgia is made of sassafras, oil of organum, and a half ounce of tincture of capsicum with half a pint of alcohol. Soak nine yards of red flannel in this mixture, Wrap it around the head and then insert the head in a haystack till death comes to your relief. To remove scars or scratches from the limbs of a piano, bathe the limb in a solution of tepid water and tincture of sweet oil. Then apply a strip of court plaster and put the piano out on the lawn for the children to play horse with. Woolen goods may be nicely washed if you put half an ox gall into two gallons of tepid water. It might be well to put the goods in the water also. If the mixture is not strong enough, put in another ox gall. Should this fail to do the work, put in the entire ox, reserving the tail for soup. The ox gall is comparatively useless for soup and should not be preserved as an article of diet. What is literature? A squash nosed scientist from away up the creek asks, what is literature cast your eyes over these logic imbued columns you sun-dried savant from the remote precincts drink at the never-failing boomerang springs of forgotten lore you dropsical ward of a false and erroneous civilization read our address to the duke of stinking water or the ode to the busted snoot of a shattered venus de milo if you want to fill up your thirsty soul with high-priced literature DON'T GO AROUND HUNGERING FOR LITERARY PIE WHILE YOUR EYES ARE CLOSED AND YOUR CAPACIOUS EARS ARE FILLED WITH BALES OF HAY. THE PREVIOUS HOTEL Down at Nathrop, Colorado, there is a large new and fine hotel where no guest ever ate or slept. It stands there near the South Park track like the ghost of some nice clean country inn the reader will naturally ask if the house is haunted, that no one stops at the very attractive hotel in a country where good hotels are rare. No, it is not that. It is not haunted so much as it would like to be. Though it is a fine hotel, there is no town nearer it than Buena Vista, and no one is going to do business at Buena Vista and go up to Nathrop on a hand-car for his meals. It is a case where a smart aleck of a man built a hotel and asked his fellow citizens to come and form a town around him and make him rich. Mr. Nathrop was rather an impulsive man, and one day he said something that reflected on another impulsive man. And when people came and looked for Nathrop, they found that his body was tangled up in the sagebrush and his soul was marching on. The hotel was just completed, and the ladders and the handsome lime barrels and hods and old nail kegs and fragments of lathes and pieces of bricks and scaffolds and all those things that go to make life desirable are still there adorning the hotel and the front yard. But there is no handsome man with a waxed mustache inside at the desk, shaking his head sadly when he is asked for a room, and looking at you with that high-born pity and contempt for your pleading that the hotel clerk, heir apparent to the universe, always keeps for those who go to him with humility. There is no Senegambian with a whisk-broom waiting to brush your clothes off your back and leave you arrayed in a birthmark and the earache at twenty-five cents per brush. There is no young fair masher strutting up and down the piazza trying to look brainy and capable of a thought. It is only a hollow mockery, for the chambermaid, with the large slop-pail, does not come at daylight to pound on your door and try to get in and fix up your room and wake you up and frighten you to death with her shocking chaos of ward environed and freckle-frescoed beauty. There the new hotel will, no doubt, stand for ages, while a little way off, in his quiet grave, the proprietor laid to rest in an old linen handkerchief, is sleeping away the years till he shall be awakened by the last grand reveille. There's no use talking. It's tough. End of section 19